Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of Deeper and it is so good to have with me today Emily and Hetty. Hi! You'll have seen them on Sunday, in fact you probably see them every Sunday in uh, on our online church uh, as they introduce uh, what they do with their kids each Sunday. Um, uh, but this week we had them doing adult stuff because they're grown up now and uh, they do <laughs> adult stuff. Uh, and if you've not already seen it, let me encourage you to uh, watch the talk, the tag team. Um, it was stunning, absolutely stunning. So uh, it is uh, powerful. It was personal. It was all those kind of things. So well done, girls. Well done. You made a lot of people very proud of you. Um, so uh, what we're going to do is we're going to ask people to read the passage. And then me and you two, we're going to have a chat about it. Is that okay? Yeah. You're looking forward to this? Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you are. (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to ask you to read uh, the whole of chapter one of Ruth. We didn't use the whole chapter on Sunday, but I think for for your personal reflection or for your reflection as a group, uh, it's probably best to read the whole of chapter one of the book of Ruth. So press pause, read it, and then restart the video. Great. Did you read it? I hope so. It's important that the reader, it, isn't it, girls? Absolutely. Right. So, should we just give a little bit of context to this? Because Ruth is an unusual book, isn't it? It's not like full of deep theological information. It doesn't paint a big picture of God. It's effectively a love story, isn't it? It is, isn't yeah. it? It's good. Everyone loves a love story. And so uh, what we have, what we know is that this is set in the time of the Book of Judges. Uh, What we know, there's a famine in the land and uh, a guy from Israel, in order to survive, takes his family into a Moab. Um, Girls, there's a test. What do you girls know about Moab? It's not great. (laughs) A lot of gods, different gods that they worship. And it's not great. And God doesn't agree with it. There we go. Yeah, yeah. One God, not many. Any insights to you, Hesse? No, that sounds good. They weren't, <laughs> they weren't particularly well, well liked. No. So the Book of Judges has lots of battles between Israel and Moab. Um, and, but this seems to be a time of peace. Um, and although there's famine in Israel, there isn't famine in Moab, which is why uh, this guy takes his whole family. And so it's Elimelech and his wife, uh, Naomi, and they've got two sons, and their two sons are called? Um, Don't look. I can see you Mar- looking. Mar- Mar- and- Malon and Killon. Killion. Yeah, they actually sound like Star Wars or Star Trek names. Yeah, actually. true. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, and they're there for a while, but not long after they arrive, uh, Elimelech dies. Uh, and then uh, the two sons, Marlon and Kilian, uh, they marry to Moabite women, which isn't great, to be honest, because Israel men are not meant to intermarry, uh, but uh, they do. And so uh, they marry Orpah and Ruth. So that's a little bit of the context. Um, so we're going to go through the passage and we're going to do it in three sections. We're going to do one to five, six to 13, and then 14 to the end. Okay, so let's look at verses one to five. 
So uh, let's start off with uh, with both of you. Is anything that you want to draw out of that uh, short passage there, verses one to five, that you think is important? Well, it's important that Naomi was left without her sons and her husband. It's very important in terms of the rest of the the context of of what we'll talk about. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it's interesting that it was in Bethlehem because of what what is pointed to later on. Mm. Um, I think it's cool that it was in Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, one of the things that we we can perhaps deduce from from the whole of the story of Ruth is that Naomi and her husband could have been quite wealthy. Mm. Yeah. Um, because they go back to Bethlehem and the whole city's talking about it, that Naomi yeah. come back. Um, and uh, she, she, Naomi later on in the book describes how uh, she went away full and came back empty. Yeah. And there's a kind of inference there that they may have been quite a wealthy family, which is perhaps why they could effectively become refugees. They had the money to pay to be able to get to a country far away, Moab, in order to, to uh, survive. Mm. Anything else that you want to draw? Emily, you got anything out of that? Um, I think it's the fact that Elimelech, oh, I can't even say his name. <laughs> Elimelech. Naomi's husband, right. The fact that he made that decision to leave Beth, Bethlehem, you know, God's holy place, to go to a place where it was just totally... Um, going against God. Um, the fact that he made that decision because he wanted provision for his family feels like he was more reliant upon like worldly things rather than godly things. Um, and Naomi was very um, loyal in her like marriage and I went along with it and um but yeah she didn't change her faith she was strong and steadfast knowing that God is Lord of Lords King of Kings even in a place where it's they're worshiping loads of different gods and idols yet she stood firm on her faith and like I think that's incredible mm. yeah and the story, I mean, just in those few verses, you you see something that actually gets reenacted probably on a daily basis in the world, mm. you know, particularly in parts of Africa where people travel when there's droughts in the land and they'll take their whole family across, you know, country lines and all that kind of stuff in order to to survive. You know, it's, it's a very, unfortunately, it's still a very real story. And, of course, people go to great extends to to come to this country mm. in order to survive and that that's all we're seeing here it's mm. a group of refugees trying to live yeah. yeah anything else before we move on to 6 to uh 13 um so what you mentioned about how ruth uh, naomi said she came back empty she left full and came back empty i noticed later on um that so way, way later on when um, Ruth meets Boaz and all that, um, Boaz says to Ruth, don't go empty handed to your mother-in-law and hands her loads of basic, basically food and um, don't go back empty handed. 
but the word empty is the same word that's used there. So it's kind of like Boaz is saying, no, you will, you will be full again. I am kind of re pointing that your, your empty days are now over. And I kind of, I kind of like, I like that, that link. Yeah. Um, yeah very good. Yeah. On. Let's move on to this as it moves on. So uh, verses six to uh, 13. Um, so now uh, the two sons have died uh, without, within that context, within that culture, without men in the family, they would struggle to survive. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they head back to Bethlehem. This is 10 years later. Uh, so a significant amount of time, really. And um, they head back. What, what do you see in these uh, few verses? Uh, I think, oh, go on. No, you go first. Right. I feel like Orpah gets a bit of a bad rep because yeah. she went away. But she did what Naomi told her to do. Mm. So, like Naomi said, do this, and she obeyed. Um, but it's amazing that Ruth knew what she was getting herself into. Like, she knew that by, you know, by staying, that it would, it would cause her a problem. Um, and so, you know, in this, that, in that section, she's kind of pondering it at this point, what should I do? What should I do? What should I do? And then we see later what she decides to do. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's really hard not to skip on. <laughs> it's, it's only four chapters. It's yeah. really not that long, the whole book. Uh, yeah. Um, it's hard to split it into sections. And people should perhaps read the whole book because it is Definitely. Only it's really a great story. <laughs> you know, you just get through to the end. What are you going to say, Emily? Um, I love the relationship that Naomi has with her daughter-in-laws um, and how she calls them daughter, which just shows like the closeness that she has with them. And she's just in such a desperate situation, but yet she's willing to be so selfless in saying, actually, you, you go back to your family is like you're young you can get remarried you can have kids you can have that security um and she's offering that to them and like totally get that the blesser the first one does get a bad rep but she doesn't say no the first time mm-hmm. you know she turns around the second time uh where basically Naomi's pleading for them to go um yeah Ruth does stay and in doing that, she's she is leaving that security behind. You know, she's going into this unknown land. Um, but yeah, saying like your God will be my God, your people will be my people. Like I don't have a clue what I'm walking into. Um, but I'm gonna stand next to you because I am not just your daughter-in-law, I am your daughter. Mm. Like the faithfulness that she has to her mother-in-law is incredible, Mm. but also it shows the faithfulness that she has in a God that she doesn't really know. Mm. And yet really is just saying like, I'm all in, like your God's my God. Like I'm 100% in, I'm 100% with you. Um, And just loyalty there is just shown. Yeah. Not a nothing woman, is she, Ruth? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Love it. 
I think that there's there's some themes that come out within the within the whole book, aren't there? You know, like you know, loyalty and faithfulness and friendship. Um, but one of the ones uh, in, in my bit of reading was is kindness, mm-hmm. um, and the the Hebrew word hesed, for, which is translating as kindness in most versions, is actually an incredibly strong word. It's not just being kind to someone; it's, it's about a kind of loving kindness, and sometimes it's translated as that. Um, and what we see is is how God is kind, even in the midst of suffering and pain and grief how god shows his kindness yeah. but ruth is also the only human who's described in that way oh wow um in, in that book but uh there's kindness all the way through you know how naomi treats her daughters-in-law how they treat her how she's how naomi said they treated their husbands they treated them with kindness boaz towards ruth uh and ultimately towards naomi so Kindness is built into this whole story, um, and I think there's something they will pick up there on in the um, in terms of application. Mm. Anything else in that section uh, that you want to bring back on that you want to talk about? Why are you thinking about it? I'll jump in because you've been. <laughs> uh, I think verse uh, eight and nine. It's something I, I, I was really drawn to because it's effectively Naomi's blessing over her two daughters-in-law. You know, he said, go back. May the Lord show you kindness of you have shown kindness to your dead husbands and to me. And may the Lord grant each of you that you'll find rest in the home of another husband. And that basically is a, uh, uh, not just about kindness, that's about safety and security and a future. Mm-hmm. Um it's Naomi effectively blessing her two daughters-in-law, uh, praying for God's blessing on them. Um, that that just stood out for me. That those that was a very powerful uh, couple of verses. Let's move on to verses fourteen to the end. This is where uh, Orpah does a runner, <laughs> just to just to pick on Orpah um, and Ruth stays anything that you want to draw on that i i love sorry just going back literally to um where like naomi gives the like the blessing um and she says goodbye to Orpah. like they wept um which shows such love there but also like it says that ruth clung on to her yeah. um, to Naomi and it just shows such love between the three mm-hmm. of them um, and yeah like oh that is in verse 14 don't me um, <clears throat> but yeah it's that thing again I was saying like what I have seen from you in your life and how you've lived out your faith I'm willing to physically cling on to you as a sign of physically clinging on uh, to your God. Mm. And um, I really feel like her faith probably started through Naomi. But at at that point, it felt like she was declaring, like, God is her God. Mm. Um, 
So making that decision for herself and, and saying, actually, you know, you have been the example of that. And now I am taking that on board. Me clinging on to you is now me clinging on to God. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And it's interesting that they did weep aloud because that was kind mm -hmm. of, it was customary for them to do that. Like people, like in those times, like they were very, um, outward in terms of how they felt and what was going on and it was everyone could see how people were feeling and what was going on like if someone was mourning you knew about it yeah. um you know and but yeah these days we're we're just so close to letting people in to know how we're doing um but it's really interesting how they were so open and vulnerable and and everybody knew what was going mm -hmm. on with everybody else um i think it's quite a lot we can learn yeah. um but i really like that um this whole idea that Ruth wasn't brought up as a Jew um, mm. and it's because of what she saw in Naomi that made her say, you know, your God will be my God. Um, and like, there's so much that she just didn't know. There's yeah. so much that um, Ruth wouldn't have known and wouldn't have had a clue about. So she's walking into this foreign land. She's no idea, you know, what's going on. And, you know, we see later on when she meets Boaz and she goes and collects, um, food from his fields that like she doesn't have any idea that in those days it was customary to leave the corners of the fields for the for the poor and for the needy and for um you know the widows like she might not have even known that that was a thing but she goes and does it because Naomi tells tells well they have a conversation about it um and there's so many things that Naomi has to teach Ruth and it's really brilliant to see that she doesn't just inspire her about that faith. She teaches her what she needs to know. Um, she must do, you know, yeah. otherwise, you know, the things wouldn't have happened that, that happened. Um, and it's, it's the fact that she wasn't even brought up a Jew yet. Ruth was part of the genealogy of Jesus. Mm. Like it's, it's incredible to yeah. see that actually it shows how God feels about people that, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter anything. Like everybody's invited to be part of his family. And I love that it, that it shows that. And there's not that exclusivity yeah. uh, about where she was born. And one of the reasons uh, why some commentators think this book was written was to show something about King David's lineage. Mm. Uh, yeah. Because obviously, you know, King David is a, He's not a descendant of Jesus. You know, he's a predecessor of Jesus. He's part of, you know, Jesus' genealogy. And so Ruth is part of David's and Jesus. Uh, so there's something powerful there just about the story of Ruth. You never know what comes out of an ordinary person's story. Yeah. You know, uh, and Ruth is by no means an ordinary person. I think she's extraordinary, really, in what she does. But to all intents and purposes, she was ordinary. Yeah, further down the line, her values, her her um, sort of her character comes out in King David, and then further down the line, it's Jesus. You know, it's kind of it's powerful, really, isn't it? When you think when you think long term, when you look at the bigger picture, it's quite powerful. Yeah, because yeah, there's there's lots of like hints within Ruth towards Jesus, mm. and it's really cool in the Old Testament that you see these little hints that you don't necessarily um, realize straight away. Um, but when she does meet Boaz, he's referred to as the kinsman redeemer, um, the one who who redeemed her and, and saved her from, you know, the life that she would have had. 
And, you know, they, as the Jews referred to God as their redeemer. And, you know, we see that Boaz is, is a relative of, of King David. And then, you know, Jesus further down the line. And Jesus is referred to as our redeemer and the one who saved us. And it's really great how you look at the character of the people within those stories uh, within within the book of Ruth. You see, particularly Naomi, Ruth and Boaz, you look at the characters and then you see little glimpses of, of Jesus in the way that Boaz responds to, to Ruth and, and the way that they all interact with each other. And I love that these people didn't have a clue that other people would read about them. Like, <laughs> they had absolutely no idea. They just went yeah, about yeah. their life being the, the best person that they could be and being great people. And, you know, when no one was watching, they did the right thing. And we see that in, like, with Boaz and, and Ruth's relationship. We see that. They did the right thing. They didn't know that we were all going to be talking about them all these years later. And it's just important when no one's watching that we still be be the best person that we can be and we still have that that character. Yeah, that's right. Mm. There's a... The kind of the tragic part of some of this is they get back to Bethlehem and um, everyone's you know, shouting, oh, this is Naomi, Naomi's back and all excited. Uh, and then Naomi was still clearly struggling with what's happened to her and struggling with grief, uh, effectively changes her name from Naomi to Mara. From, if I remember rightly, Naomi means pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. And Mara means bitter. Uh, and that, that's the kind of sad part of the story, isn't it? That um, at this point, at least, uh, Naomi's not yet reconciled to her situation. It's, and uh, you, you can hear some of the, the heartache in that, can't you? Let's think about some of the, um, uh, the ways in which we can apply this to ourselves. So we're going to go uh, a little bit wider. So we're going to have uh, a little chat about how we apply this passage to our lives. What do we learn from it that we can build into how we follow God today? So uh, who wants to go for it? How about you, Hattie? What do you want to draw out? Well, so like, as I've said before, I love the way that um, Ruth finds God through Naomi. And it's really important for us that we recognize that Naomi teaches Ruth about God, that she shares God with her, that through the way that she is in, in herself, through her character, through the way that she loves, that Ruth sees God. And it's important that we recognize that we not only have the opportunity to do that for others, but the responsibility to do that, mm -hmm. that we need to pass on to the next generation or any anybody else. But particularly, I love how it's, it's, it's almost like handed um, the, the faith in God is handed to, to Ruth. And we all need to do that. Like for me and Emily, we're children's and youth workers. Like we work with children and young people all the time, but it's not just our responsibility. Yeah. Actually, you know, if you know children, and young people, it's your responsibility to try and share God with them as much as you can. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah. I, I, I love the fact that Naomi's doing this at an incredibly difficult time of her life. You know, she's left her country, left her, uh, all the people that she knew. Her husband's died. Now her, her sons have died. She's left with two people who 10 years ago she didn't even know. Uh, and 
she is still in some way passing on her faith and uh, instructing those who are new in the faith. I, I think it's incredibly powerful. I think also, like, when I, I love the Book of Ruth, so I've, like, proper delved into it. And I, part of me thinks, okay, who can I learn off? Mm. Like, if, if I'm Ruth, like, then who's going to be my Naomi that I can look to and learn from and see how they do life in the good times, the bad times, the ugly times, um, and know that they're standing firm on their faith and that actually again like being taught like what can I learn from them like I always kind of look out for people where I'm like oh what what can I learn from you whether that's like walking faith whether that's like being a children's and youth worker like what can I personally learn uh, to be a better children's and youth worker but I, I just I don't know I want to I wanna have people around me where I can learn off them mm. and identify who are the Naomi's in my life. Yeah. And it's clear when you read the rest of the story, you know, R- Ruth does whatever Naomi says. Mm-hmm. She clear, and I don't think that is simply about seniority or anything like that. I think that is about respect. Yeah. And seeing something in Naomi that says, I, I need to learn from you, but... And I'll do what you tell me to do because you can find a future for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did think you were wondering about who would be your Boaz. <laughs> you who that is, don't we? <laughs> got one. You've got a Boaz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, that's the first thing then uh, about you know passing on our faith and also looking to learn from others. What other uh, things can we apply to our lives out of this? For me, something that is really powerful is how Naomi basically has kind of changed her identity. And, you know, she has a lovely name of Pleasant to then go into Bitter. Mm. Um, And when, like, everyone's so excited when she comes back and poor Ruth is probably in the background going, oh my goodness, what have I signed up for? Um, But what they remember Naomi to be is this wonderful woman that lights up a room, you know, when she walks in and they just get totally the opposite, but she expresses it Mm. to everyone. And it's not just like one person. It's like, she's probably in the center going, no, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. And like, there's such vulnerability there in that and being able to share that with the community that she is in um and i think that's something that we we don't like to do we don't like to be vulnerable Mm. we like to say i'm fine um or everything's funky doody dory or something like that whereas here like Naomi is being totally open and honest with the people around her, which I think is a challenge for each and every one of us. Mm, it is. Yeah, a lot of people have commented to me since Sunday uh, about how they found uh, 
the, the talk the talks that you two did um so inspirational and helpful um and a lot of them commented on the vulnerability that you both showed and those two things go hand in hand if you want to be helpful to others you also have to be vulnerable you know and uh obviously you can't always do that you can't always tell the same story you know it would get a bit dull wouldn't it but um if people know that you are sharing something of who you are and what you've been through and what you're struggling with, then that has a bigger impact, I think, in terms of helping other people grow yeah. and get through whatever situation they're dealing with. Good. Anything else we want to uh, draw out of this passage? You came up with something amazing before, Steve. Oh, okay. All right. I'll, I'll mention that because it actually follows on from what you said. Um, so, uh, uh, I was watching Star Trek, because I do, uh, and there's a little phrase in, the, in there, this, it's a series, Star Trek Discovery, uh, and the doctor in the series talks about post-traumatic growth, and that's not a phrase I've ever heard before, and I'm going to look it up because I literally just heard it not so long ago. Uh, we talk about post-traumatic stress or post-traumatic trauma, uh, but we don't talk about post-traumatic growth. Mm. Um, and every difficulty we go through is an opportunity to grow and adapt and evolve and in some way become bitter rather than better. So better rather than bitter. Um, and I think what we see here in this story is something of that going on. Yeah. You know, clearly Naomi is still struggling with the death of her husband, the death of her sons, all that kind of stuff, the, the whole refugee status thing. Um, and she's bitter at this point. And the whole story, I think, moves through growth for both her and Naomi uh, and Ruth. So I think there's something there for us to learn in this whole story about how do we grow through trauma, mm -hmm. you know? And grief, uh, you know, both the things that you talked about are traumatic. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, you had you talking about, uh, you know, the loss of your dad and your stepdads and. You only talking about you know that kind of sense of loss of identity and self harm, um, all that's traumatic, but you can grow through it. Yeah, it's not the end. It's not the the be all and end all of your life. Mm. And if you approach it right, as you both have, you know you can grow through it mm. and become women of God like you two are. And that's the important point about sharing with other people because other people might have been through things similar and might not know until you share it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that might help them to grow and might help you to grow by, by sharing it. I think it's, it's important that we help other people when we've been through something similar. Yeah. I think the key to it all as well is, is like one of the big themes of this passage is kindness and you know, all through the book of Ruth. Uh, I think kindness is the kind of culture in which people can be vulnerable and can grow through the traumatic things of their life. Yeah. If they know that people treat them kindly when they, when someone says, how are you? And they say, I feel terrible today. I've struggled with this, that, and the other. If someone's kind to them, they have the opportunity to grow. If they're not, then they're just shut down. And that opportunity for growth is stunted. Um, so I think there's, there's something I think for us as a church, creating a culture of kindness. Mm. Um, and this face of the world isn't that kind at the moment. At least it doesn't feel that way. You know, people are treating each other badly. It feels like we need kindness again. 
Yeah. I want to claim kindness again. You know? yeah. Should we move on to some questions for people to consider? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to go a bit further now and give you some questions to reflect on either on your own or as part of one of our missional communities. Um, and uh, let's start off with Emily. What questions would you like to ask? So the first question is, how vulnerable are you with others? Mm. And the second one being, how vulnerable are you with God? Yeah. A God that is all seeing and all knowing, do you still say I'm fine? That's my, so there's two questions really in there. Two questions all in one, yeah. It might be, might be good to help for people to reflect on uh, why do they find it hard to be vulnerable? Yeah. You know, just to get to the roots of some of that. Mm. Etty. Yeah, I, I think bearing in mind everything we've talked about, like the question is, how have you been faithful and fruitful in times of grief? And, you know, in those times, what have you what have you learned about God that you can share with other people? Because testimony is really important. And what we learn about God, people people can't dispute the truth. And the truth is what's happened in your life. Um, so I think it's important that we we figure out what we've learned in those times. Mm. how we've been faithful and fruitful and, and how we pass that on. Yeah, that's good. I think um, my question would be around um, kindness, maybe. Mm. How do we create a culture of kindness in our groups? What does kindness mean to you? What does it look like in practice? Um, kind of reflect on that a little bit. And to, um, particularly if you're in the mission community, you know, think about, well, how could we as a community be more kind to one another and create a space in which people can be vulnerable and respond that well? Great. Ladies, thank you for, for joining me today and thank you for what you shared on Sunday. Uh, it was, uh, as I said before, a really, really, really good talk. So uh, do please join us uh, on Sunday. We'll be online and uh, it would be great to have you with us. And then following Tuesday, we'll be back with Deepa. So do please join us then. Until then, take care and stay safe. Bye. Bye.